Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Good day and happy new year. Uh, This is our first podcast for 2024. I am this week your primary host, uh, retired Lieutenant Frank Borelli, our normal host, Mr. Paul Peluso is on vacation enjoying uh, the beautiful sunny weather of the tropics or close there too anyway. (laughs) Uh, so this week, I'm joined by our news editor, Joe Vince. How are things in the not-so-sunny tropics uh, of Illinois there, Joe? Well, first off, yeah, Happy New Year to you, Frank. Um, it I'll say this. Uh, it is sunny, um, and that's about as far as it goes. It's uh, I think we might be in the 30s today, but you know what? No snow on the ground. I'm happy. Well, you'll, you'll, I'll take that. I'm not ice skating out my front door. Exactly. So we're here this week, uh, this this episode of Roll Call, talking about New Year's resolutions. And I know that a lot of our listeners have to, they, they hear New Year's resolutions and they go, oh God, why are we going to talk about New Year's resolutions? <laughs> I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to quit drinking bourbon. I'm not going to stop smoking cigars. Wait, that's me. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I don't drink bourbon. So, but I want to talk about New Year's resolutions, both for the officer and for the agency. So um, to, to kind of introduce this, we have two articles that are online, right? Law enforcement, New Year's resolutions, again, and yes, I even put that in the title, and then law enforcement 2024. And um, before we really get into the, the resolutions, Joe, I want to take a look at the law enforcement 2024 piece yeah. and kind of talk about what law enforcement's looking forward to. And if there was any surprises, you've been through it. Uh, and all of this came out of a survey we did, for those who don't know. Um, and, and let's let's look at what we expect for 2024, for challenges, for growth, blah, blah, blah. And then we can talk about, I, I just had one of those moments where I had a commercial in my head going, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, Okay, sorry. Um, and then we can talk about what the, in the individual officers and, and the small teams and other groups need to do. So um, I know you, you've seen this article on law enforcement 2024, right? Right. Yeah. High notes, low notes. What, what did you, it, was it a, any of it a surprise to you? Um, let's see. I don't want to say that it, the, there was one, I guess I'll call it a surprise. Um, I, I just, it was, it was something that it was a pleasant surprise was um, that uh, survey respondents seemed optimistic about staffing. Um, that is a case. I I feel like that's been a tough nut to crack for agencies for a variety of reasons. Um, but that going into 2024, they felt uh, optimistic that they were going to see an increase in um uh, in staffing. I thought was great. Um, I, I you know I the other thing was um I saw. Um, respondents felt that they, you know, they were going to see um, uh, an increase in in funding, um, which which seemed to be uh, that didn't surprise me as much because I, I've in in looking at stories across the country as far as how municipalities how, uh, and lawmakers have been um, voting on and and passing measures to on budgets and 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 things like that for departments. That that's been I haven't seen a lot of cases of of defund the police or, or even um, radically uh, cutting budgets. Um, so that, that didn't shock me, but, um, but to see that um, 
that people were were optimistic about staffing that that was like i said a pleasant surprise yeah, I was actually in and looking at the numbers. So a little more than two thirds, 69 percent of the people responded to our survey said they expected to see their budget increasing in 2024. And uh, we need to remember that for some of those people, their 24 budgets already started. So that's not mm-hmm. a yet. It's that's a true. definite. It's yeah. already increased. Right. Um, actually, everybody's has at this point because uh, some started July one. Some started right. with the federal calendar October one. Some started yesterday. As we record this yesterday. Um, but what I think really matters is that uh, they're expecting these 5 to 10% increases. And uh, some of them, though, are looking at 15 to 20% increases. And then that's that's significant. Now, 15% said they're expecting their, some are expecting budget cuts, but the budget cuts are minimal. Um, and then there's that percentage in there that they don't, they expect their budget to remain static, but here's, yeah, and I like what you pointed out. So most of the respondents, about 30%, um, many, I shouldn't say most indicated, they expect to see an increase in manpower. Now, is that really going to do any good? If, if you've got a hundred man agency and you're already at 80% and they increase your, your strength to 110 and you still at 80%, you got a few more officers, but you're still not at strength. I think the recruiting and retention is going to continue to be, a big challenge for these folks, but at least now they'll have some extra budget. I hate to say this to do the marketing and promotions work, to do the sales work that they need to do to get really good recruits in the door. You know, and I wonder, and I, you'd have to, have to be a a follow-up question, but um, the, those, those departments that, that are seeing this increase in their budget, um, maybe, and I'll say in that that larger um, increase in budgets, I wonder how much of the, of that money is being spent on recruitment and retention, whether it be um, bonuses, whether it be raises, what have you. Um, I, I will say I've seen a lot of places um, very motivated to figure out a way, not just um put money towards the department but saying look this is you know we we're trying to find new ways of of getting to recruits or or keeping the officers we do have so i i wonder um if the if those kind of go hand in hand together as far as um departments that are optimistic about staffing also are seeing uh the increase in funding that is aimed at recruitment and retention yes and in fact we did see that in some of some of the indicators in our survey um, some of those agencies um, indicated significant budget additions for increasing salaries, uh, hiring bonuses, so sign-on bonuses. Uh-huh. And then um, I hate to call it this, a payout incentive for the officers that delay retirement. So, I mean, if, if you got your 20 or your 25 in and you stick around another two, they'll pay you this. If you stick around another five, they'll give you this. And they, they budgeted a lot of money for that, I think, too. So um, let's switch over and, and talk about the law enforcement New Year's resolutions. And, you know, full disclosure to everybody listening, I write this every year and I try to contact, try to figure out if I walked into my police department today and, and I'm still affiliated with an agency, although I'm retired, I still do training work for them. I do uh, emergency operations stuff for them. When I go in, what if, if I could get those officers to make some resolutions and stick to them, what would they be? that would benefit them and the agency the most. And then if I could look at the command staff 
and have them make some resolutions that would benefit the agency as a whole? What would those be? And that's kind of where I wanted to go this year. Um, and I, Joe, I'm going to ask you about this. I don't know how you feel about it. Your, your father's a retired law enforcement guy. I'm a retired law enforcement guy. Um, I'm the guy who refused to ever eat a donut in uniform <laughs> because I didn't want to promote that stereotype. Uh -huh. um, I think it's a harsh truth. I believe there are some people who just aren't suited for law enforcement, and we might not be hiring in the correct direction and i'm sure you, we've discussed this before and you've read some of the stuff i've written about this topic what are your thoughts on it oh i i i think that's absolutely the case um i think um i think in some cases um departments actually get um caught in the idea of what a a um what the ideal police officer is or for for them but don't necessarily but but don't really internalize it don't think of of it how it affects their agency really just think of the idea of that sort of stereotypical police officer and, and hire accordingly um i think you're I, i'm seeing other uh, um agencies now really kind of trying to break away from that especially if they've kind of been in that routine before and um uh, making reassessing what what a good officer is for that department not universally just for that department and and even though there might be a great officer candidate um for a hundred other departments he or she just might not be the fit for you and and really understanding that and then being able to not tire because you are uh, just because you need to fill bodies, you know, you, you want a warm body in that spot. Um, I, I think more, more often than not, that is happening where agencies are, are, are just strapped when it comes to staffing. And it, it, there's this idea that you're weighing out two really maybe bad scenarios of, of either being completely, you know, short staffed or, an officer who who might have a few qualities that you think you can, uh, you know, teach teach away, so to speak, or, or to train away, um, that may or may not be the case. But I, I I certainly agree with with that. So I I think, and you said it's not universal. You made a comment about something being universal, and and I think there is a universal truth about law enforcement, and that's that everybody that puts on a badge and takes this oath to protect and serve. Um, has to understand, has to, that there's not a chance they're going to uh, be in physical conflict at some point in their career. There's not a chance that they might have to fight somebody in the handcuffs. It's going to happen. It's a guarantee. You are going to have to fight. You are going to have to exercise violence, justified and within reason, to accomplish the job. And that's a universal truth, whether you are uh, in New York City or Humboldt, Iowa or Clay County, Texas, LAPD, I don't care. If you're a mm -hmm. cop, at some point in your career, you're going to have to fight people in, in the handcuffs. And there are some people out there. I mean, OK, look, there's the guy. You know, I went to the academy with a guy and he was a friend of mine and he was he was grossly obese. 
Um, he got hired for a small agency that I think were in they they were in the spot where you're talking about. Like they they needed a warm body, um, and they need him out driving around. And and he didn't have anything to disqualify him, so they hired him. Um, but he wasn't physically fit. He wasn't going to be physically fit. Um, so he goes through the academy and I told him, look, dude, you're going to have to fight for your life at some point. At some point you're going to fight. You need to lose some weight and get in better shape. And he hated me for it. Um, by the same token, you can have the guy who is an Olympic level athlete who has never been in a physical conflict in his or her life. Uh, who's a straight A student who was the teacher's aide who did everything for everybody, all that stuff. But there's going to come a time where he's got to fight somebody in the handcuffs and he's not going to know how to swing a baton. He's not going to, he's not going to be able to fathom the idea of I'm going to do harm to accomplish my goal. And the, the universal truth I've probably articulated far too much in my long winded way is you better be a warrior first. I don't care what other kind of cop you are, what other else you do, you better be able to fall back on that warrior mentality and capability. And if we're hiring people who can't, then we're we're hiring the wrong people. So, you, you know, and I I feel like that yeah, I, I, obviously that 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 burden really falls on on the agency. But I I think even more so when you look at when you're hiring um, potential officers who are maybe just barely in their twenties. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think back uh, to my twenties and, um, you, you know, I, I wasn't going into law enforcement, but, uh, you know, as a career as a writer and if I didn't want to be a journalist or if I wanted to be a journalist, excuse me. And, um, but I didn't, didn't have the, didn't, didn't really like deadlines or, or, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't want the, the, the stress, you didn't want to call sources, then, that you know clearly I, that's not gonna be a good fit for me but but i'll be damned if i would have i would have said you know i wouldn't have i would have thought i could do that even like even though i couldn't internally if that makes sense um well, and, we and tell, you know, we all tell ourselves forgive me for interrupting you we no, all tell no. ourselves whatever we need to 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 pursue our goals to pursue our dreams to to think we can do something that maybe we really can't do look uh, at my age, I'd love to still be out active on a SWAT team. Reality is I'd be a danger to the rest of the team because I can't do what I used to do when I was 30, when I was 20, when I was 19. Um, you know, do you I, feel I, like you recognize that more now? Be Like you recognize your current capabilities at at this age than you would have at, at a younger age. Like at a younger age, you think you can do anything. <laughs> Whether well, or yeah, not it's 10 true. feet tall and bulletproof and exactly. invisible most of the time. But, but you know, and that comes what what really fixes that outlook is when you find out you're not bulletproof, because that really, really hurt. <laughs> you're not 10 feet tall because the guy who's seven feet tall just cleans the street up with you. And you're not invisible because when you're trying to hide, everybody and their brother's looking at you going, dude, we can see you. Why? Yeah. Anyway, what's up? But the thing is, um, I, as far as the New Year's resolutions are concerned, my my whole thing, my whole point with the agencies was. Yes, it's great. We're, we're going to see increases in budget. Yes, it's great. We're going to be able to hire more recruits. Hire the right recruits. Yes. Um, and then train them properly. So when we look at those right recruits, and I did get into 
the the physical health of it, right? So we we all need to keep our everybody says, and I said it in this article in the academy. You all all too often you hear that your mind and your body are your two most important weapons, your two most valuable weapons, right? Your brain controls everything, and your body has to be fit. You, that means you got to keep your stress down. You got to keep your you know all of the aspects of fitness up, but you got to keep your brain sharp. Um, so in looking at the the recommendations that I had for uh, resolutions and talking about self-improvement and health maintenance. I'm not the guy who's ever said, um, you know, your your goal should be, your, your New Year's resolution be, this year I'm going to lose 20 pounds, uh, or this year I'm going to get my waist back down to 28 inches, um, or I can't remember the last time I had a 28-inch waist. Um, you know, whatever. It, it I, I My outlook is that New Year's resolutions should be more, general and holistic about monitoring your health and looking at your your wellness practices and making improvements in them because those will result in improvement in your fitness and mental health and emotional stability and all that does that make sense oh yeah i i love the that that idea of it because i i am all i'm not a resolution guy but i like the beginning the the start of the year as as a bit of a reset um uh mentally just because throughout the you get i get what i'll call mission creep where you kind of as the year goes on and as things go along you you kind of uh, get off center or you kind of lose track of of maybe some of the the, the core things you want just because of of how the, uh, you know life pulls at you and i always the the beginning of the year is really a good time to just sort of you know reassess that idea of 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 that you know physically the types just the the general types of things you want to just to keep maintaining and just at least at the very least you start the year off well even if by the end of it it's all gone you know to crap but well but the thing is and that's why i'm saying if if you if if you I resolved not to make any resolutions and it's the only one I've never broken. But if you decide, if you make those resolutions, not necessarily, like I said, to have these finite measurable things, but to make uh, some general changes to your habits and just, even if it's just paying attention, what's your resting heart rate? What's your blood pressure? What's your blood oxygen level? You know, what's really cool. I can monitor sitting on my living room sofa. I can monitor my resting heart rate and my blood oxygen levels through my watch, my blood pressure. I have to put a cuff on my wrist. Big deal. There's a scale in my bathroom for weight, sugar levels, <clears throat> excuse me. Now for people whose families don't have a, a history of diabetes, I don't know how much they need to worry about sugar levels. Type two diabetes runs in my family. So I pay attention to it through blood work with my annual checkup. Right. But I, I know I have to pay attention to that. And then you get into this stuff, well, sleep and sleep matters, but this is all stuff you can monitor and it's easy enough to do at home. And then what do you do for uh, maintaining the functional fitness, right? The endurance and the strength and the flexibility. And you have to do something about that and pay attention. What I found was if you just, if, if a couple of times a week, you take notes on it. I mean, if, if once a week, you, you, you know, your resting heart rate, what your blood pressure is, what your blood oxygen levels are, what do you weigh? Um, you know, how are you sleeping? How are your stress levels? And and mm -hmm. this is the one that gets me, Joe. And I'm going to ask you about this. Let me, let me read this off to you. 
One statistic I saw said that the average person, not law enforcement, the average person will experience two critical or truly traumatic events in their life, while the average law enforcement professional will experience 800 or more in a 20-year career. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's 400 times the stress load. Wow. And and we have to we have to maintain that. Let me now. Here's let me let's ask you this question because mm-hmm. I can and it's almost mean. You're a journalist. You started out as a journalist. You work yes. in news. You're fantastic at it. Your dad's a retired law enforcement professional. Do you think, admittedly, the different generations aside, do you think his skills at managing stress or uh, the unexpected or critical incidents or trauma? Do you think his skills are dramatically different from yours? Um, yes. Or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think yes. They are, they are different. Um, and boy, some of it is. Um, and and you know what? My gosh, this is something I feel like I, I, I want to ask him now. But I, I know for me, I, I there's there are things that I I took cues from for him as, as maybe I didn't even think it was stress management but I just took cues like that's how I want to you know um, conduct myself and um, I, you know and and I think I picked up some of those and then in other cases I felt like okay maybe you know what that didn't that's not quite working for me and I, I've kind of had to you know change as I've as I've gotten older but um, I, so I think you know I, I think when I was younger I probably that probably was that we were a little closer than we are now but you know that's really just i think just my experience more than more than anything else and, and i'll be honest i think he has changed um just as he's gotten uh older and and, and the way he he manages his stress and i think he is um he does that better than than he than he did well retired he has a lot less to stress true that's he, true he, for for those listening who don't know, uh, Joe's series called Undercover Dad is his interviews he does with his father, who was an undercover ATF agent. Yes, in Detroit, right? Yep, in the seventies. I'd call that a high stress job. I mean, more than chasing crackheads in D.C. or just outside of D.C. Anyway, so look, the last uh, New Year's resolution that I like to recommend, I saw a post came up my Facebook feed. It said, you know, January 1st, it's the perfect time to change out the batteries in your optics. Everybody's got an optic on their firearm. Now you don't want the battery to die when you need it. Most change your battery. It's a good idea. It made me realize it's also the perfect time to inspect all your gear, the stuff that's in your patrol car, examine your uniforms, everything from your boots to your gun belt and everything that's on it. Replace what needs to be replaced, um, repair whatever needs to be repaired, anything that takes a battery that's replaceable. Go ahead and replace it. Um, you know, go go into the new year working on the street with all of your tools as close to 100%, including your mind, your body, and your spirit, as you can get them. I think that just makes sense. Somebody can send me an email and tell me I'm wrong. Inevitably, one of my friends will. I. You know that I I feel like that goes hand in hand with the with the health um, resolutions that you've been talking about. Just because I feel like 
when you if you take care of those things um you know that you're able then if you are a big resolution guy to to be able to do the to to accomplish the bigger things because you know what if if you're if you're kind of just i don't want to say dragon but you know you're not taking care of yourself it makes kind of improving yourself a lot harder and it, it compares you're, it. It yeah, you're more you're dragging yeah. a boulder with you, and yeah. it, it just you clear the clutter out of the way. And again, I it, it it is nice to start with the not necessarily a clean slate, but you feel fresh. You know, you you feel relatively going One into the. One of the things year. I've discovered is, uh, and and I'm a big guy for lists, right? I have an organization mm -hmm. sheet where I have everything I'm supposed to do every day, and when I do it, I check the box. And I love getting to the end of the day where all the boxes are checked, and I hate it. When I look back a week and I see how many boxes aren't checked because I haven't done. And then it's all, like you said, it compounds. It's more weight to carry. The days where I get up, I get my exercise time in. I get my my personal maintenance in, right? Um, I'm not going to say I eat healthy, but I don't eat junk. I'm not living out of, of Wawa or 7-Eleven, uh, 512 Mart. What are all the other ones out there? Bucky's, Royal Farms. I'm not eating greasy uh, sausage egg biscuits for breakfast, although they are delicious when you get that treat. Um, you know, you just feel better when everything's squared away, everything that needs to be handled, handled, and now you got new projects to face and you can go at them without the distractions of what you, the other things you got to worry about that you shouldn't have to. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, I think that's going to wrap up our first podcast, Roll Call Podcast of 2024. Uh, happy New Year to everybody again. Um, get through the year safe. We lost too many in 2023. And most most importantly, and I hate we lost too many to suicide. Part of your part of your new year, new you, whatever should be the stress management necessary to make sure that the job doesn't get to you ever, even close to that bad. Don't don't let the job beat you. That's what you got, Joe? Anything for our for our listeners? Well, I was I mean that was that's a great way to end it. And um yeah, I just wanted to say it's great starting off the new year with you. Um and uh I'm looking forward then later this week to uh do this again in a different format with the with our lineup podcast on the news headlines. So yeah, I'm um I'm I'm I don't want to necessarily say I'm excited about the new year, but I don't know, I, I I like kind of, I guess I got it starting from square one. You know, I'm actually working on a blog entry titled The Unknown is Always Exciting. There you go. We don't know what the year holds. We can be scared of it, but it won't do us any good. So we might as well be excited about it. Grab it by the throat and throttle it into submission. Wait, <laughs> I, I did not mean to endorse any that, kind of violence. That got out Happy of Happy New Year, quickly. everybody. Stay safe. Joe, thanks for, for being my co-host today, man. Absolutely. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Officer Roll Call. Be sure to check back every two weeks for a new episode. Stay safe.